Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. With hour number three, he's not on a balloon. Believe me, he's not on a balloon, but he is on the seventh floor of the U.S. Bank building, if you know what I'm talking about. That would be Chris Dahlberg. You know, you got to sometimes think you're up. And, and speaking of a balloon, Chris Dahlberg, do you know that today is National Kite Flying Day? Well, that I, I'm not surprised, but maybe do you think the Chinese will be flying those over our country pretty soon? No, I could. I yeah, mean, they could be. I don't. <laughs> oh man! And they just have, and you I, know, I, they have a day all the time. They're out there in the parks doing it. They just, if they have long enough string, it, it probably could fly here, right? <laughs> probably, and they and might be able accident. to even control it. Yes. Well, I was uh, I was amazed, Chris, when they were talking about this balloon, and they said that it did have the electronic capability of moving where they wanted it to move with the wind shears and with the wind, uh, you know, with the jet streams and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not amazed. You know, I'm I, I can believe it with technology. Did you actually spend time in China? I know that you you were studied uh, Mandarin and you you were pretty knowledgeable and in fact I'm st- I think you still speak it a little bit. Did yeah. you go to China to go through the uh schooling? I didn't, but I after the schooling I I did and I had uh, I guess I, th- I think at the time I had a secret clearance, but it wasn't a issue at that point okay. for me going over there. And, you know, they, they told us, and I was at the Defense Language Institute out at the Presidio, that for the listeners, that's out in Monterey, California. But okay. they told us, uh, and it probably is true, but they said that by the time any one of those language students graduated, um, you know, Arabic or anything, but particularly Chinese, they said when, they, when we graduated, they would have already known that we, we had Chinese language and we went to the Defense Language Institute. That's how good their intelligence is. And, wow. uh, and, they, and they were always warning us, you know, be careful with what you do and what you say. Uh, and even when you're there, they said when you're, you know, outside of the gates, because it was pretty much at an open gate, you could go out and visit in there. Sure. But there was, uh, you know, other, other people there, and you have to you be careful on that. But, uh, yeah. Huh. So their, their intelligence is pretty good. Oh, it, it it is, and uh, they gather it uh, any way they can get it. I think sometimes. Well, so so what do what do you see happening at the Dahlberg Law Firm today? Are you're busy? I'm sure as always. Well, yeah, we're doing all kinds of things. We had, uh, I think, we're doing working on guardianship, conservatorship matters. We're working on uh, estate planning. Uh, we've been working this week week on family law. For, so for the listeners. I have a general practice here, so that means I cover, you know, a little bit of uh, several areas. We pro- probably primarily do estate planning, uh, but and there's certain areas we don't do, like such as criminal law or, or sure. personal injury. But if somebody calls in and says, you know, I, I had this slip, can you help me? Um, you know, I'll try to say, well, here's a couple attorneys in town that I know that seem to be pretty good attorneys. You could give them a shot. Um, but if you if you call us, so feel free to go on to the Dahlberg Law website, and it's DahlbergLaw.com. And you might say, hey, I've got a problem with a neighbor. Uh, uh, seven years ago, they built a shed, and I know it's 15 feet over my lot line or something like that. Uh, Just call yeah. it. And I might say, well, this is something we, we work in this area, and let's start working on this, and we'll, you know, get, get some kind, try to get some resolution on it. And other times I'll just write back and say or have my staff say, I'm sorry, Chris doesn't handle it. Why don't you try this this person? Uh, so, you know, go on website. Uh, there's a contact spot, it's, but it's dahlberglaw.com. 
or you can even call into the law office and just talk to our paralegal and say, does Chris handle this? I, I just heard him on the radio, and I, this has been kind of bugging sure. me or in the family. Is this something that you do? And then we'll just tell you. All right. Well, and uh, the phone number again, Chris, is what? The phone number up here in the uh, seventh floor of the U.S. Bank building, whether you're calling from Wisconsin or, or Minnesota, is 218-722-5809. And, uh, Brad, the, the Lake Superior, the, the lake is like glass. It's like oh, glass. Yeah. So it's smooth. It's just beautiful there. Way out, not, too much, little... not too much wind today, then? Is that what you're saying? The the flag down there at the Corps of Engineers in Canal Park is straight down. It is just dragging. Now, way out oh. in the lake, I can see just some slight ripples, but it looks just like glass. You could take your, your powerboat out there with your uh, your skis, and you could go out water skiing out on there today, but have a wetsuit. Well, you'll, you'll maybe find this interesting, uh, Chris, because we were talking about today's uh, National Kite Flying Day earlier. Where do you think kites first originated well i'm some back in my memory i thought it was somewhere in arabia or somewhere down there there but um, no according to according to the piece i'm looking at here it says kites date back to 1470 bc in china well that can be the other chinese invented a lot hey brad before i forget something i I, yes. I wanted to say when i was down in florida i i learned something really interesting I was down in Key West, and we got out on those jet skis and went all around uh, the Key West area. Yeah, yeah. They had there that they brought us over to old submarine pits that they had in World War II. And what they do is, you know, because a lot of it is like swamps out there. And it's it's very low, very low marshy. And you'll see it, and they dug them in across that area where the, the subs would go in there. And I guess they're quite deep. Uh, but that's where they were they were lodging them there during World War II as a hiding spot. Um, so that's wow. some interesting history that the uh, the jet ski crew was uh, telling us. So we went out there, and, and it also would be good for snorkeling because the water was just crystal clear there. I'll bet, huh? Yeah. Interesting stuff. You you learn stuff like that all the time. I remember a few years ago I went out fishing in, uh, uh, way out in Massachusetts, and uh, we we fished in an area that had a man-made coral reefs, for lack of a better word. They were reefs, but they were made from old World War II ships that they had sunk there, and they had turned into uh, reefs. Reefs. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, even even military men can get edumacated every day, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you, Christopher. Take care. Thank you. All right. Yeah, Kenny, that's uh, today is National Kite Flying Day, and it originated in 470 B.C. in China, which kind of just jives with what we've just been talking about with balloons. Yeah, I you know, buy uh, No. I don't buy it. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin made the kite popular. Oh, well, he made it popular because he had that key on it, and when a lightning bolt hit it, isn't there something about that's the way electricity kind of fired up or something? They found out that metal could, uh, could uh, or certain kind of metal could uh, be a conduit for uh, electricity? Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah, something like that. Let me ask you this. <laughs> have you ever tried to fly a box kite? No. Yeah, no. I, I, I haven't have either. Not. I haven't either. No. And they just. I understand they're a little bit tricky. Uh, I have talked to some people that have done it. And they say it's no big deal. It's no it's no different than any other kind of kite, but it just takes a little bit of trickiness to get it up in the air. 
you know, it's also a national pizza day. And how ironic, last night, Jan and I, it had been a while. I saw that. We got a hankering. Let's go to Sammy's. And for the first time, I ordered the macho. Wow. Wow, what a pie. Oh, I think I got no. it. Tell, tell me what's in that. There must be a lot of meat on that. Well, uh, there's macho. pepperoni, there's sausage, there's Canadian bacon, and there's kosher salami. It's a good pie, let me tell you. We had a good time. It's also also Boy Scout Day. Be prepared. Troop 8. I, I was uh, a member of Troop 8 back in my Boy Scout days. It's also Iowa Day, the Hawkeye State. And I did really? not know this, that Iowa, during the Civil War, contributed more soldiers to the Civil War than any other state. Iowa. Really? I didn't know that. And either. there were no Civil War battles fought in Iowa, but uh, nonetheless, it's Iowa Day, and uh, enjoy if you are from Iowa or well, there now. Well, let, let me tell you, since you brought up the pizza thing, can I just give you a little heads up about Friday at the VFW? Yeah. For, you know, well, first of all, it's it's not a very well-kept secret anymore that the VFW is going to be moving out of the West End. Um that building that they had is way too big for the needs they have now. They've sold off the building uh, except for that back area, which we had like a 20-year lease or 20-year no-cost uh, to stay there type thing with. And that's coming to an end. So we have a, the VFW has arranged to buy a former bar up in Proctor, which they are in the process of uh, re- remodeling and fixing it up. It's going to be a very nice setup. But in the meantime, they need to come up with some money to finish off some of these projects. So they have this Friday night dinner that they serve every Friday night. They have karaoke on Friday night. But this particular Friday, they're also having, uh, they're going to have pizza available, frozen pizza, I think from Kettle River Pizza. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's the name Kettle of the company. River. No, they're going to be serving it, you mean. No, not serving it. They're going to be selling it. Oh. All the members are buying. They've already purchased large uh, amounts of pizza, which they're going to take and put in their own freezer. So is this some type of a fundraiser then? Yes. Gotcha. It's a fundraiser, and you could probably go out there on Friday night and buy some pizzas and take them home and put them in your own freezer. And then uh, you're contributing towards the fundraiser uh, for the VFW. That's exactly right. This Friday. Towards the fundraiser. This Friday. Now, is this in conjunction with the dinner? Yeah, it's in con- they've got so many things going on, Kenny, it's hard to even keep track. Yes, it's in conjunction with the dinner, and also during the dinner, they are going to have a meat raffle going on at the same time, which you can buy tickets uh, for a platter of meat. Uh, you know, they might have a, a platter of uh, hamburger, a platter of chicken, uh, another platter of pork uh, pork chops, and you buy tickets. Uh, they'll only allow so many tickets sold per platter, and when you... Uh, when you when the tickets are sold, they pick one. You could walk home with a whole platter of meat, and that's going on at the VFW this Friday as well. Nice, so lots of Good. things happening. We got to go to our first break here, though. Let's do that, and then then we'll come back and get back into it here. KDAL time is one twenty four forty degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers, adjacent to the Area Lift Bridge, forty degrees. Superior at the Richard I Bong Airport, forty one degrees. Wow, getting getting right up there, warming right this up. This is like summertime. You know, uh, and and, know and that's well, Brad. That, that's but... the that's the thing about living in this region. You know, a lot of areas uh, that are, you know, socked into winter and, you know, we celebrate being 32 degrees, which is freezing. 
And then when it gets to be 40, it's like we can appreciate this. We oh, can, yeah. you know, look yeah. at this as uh, uh, being born again. <laughs> Maybe that's a little well, stra- bit I, of a stretch. I, I but... notice, yeah, I, and I notice, Kenny, every, every spring when I come back, you really are marveled at watching the trees get leaves and everything start to blossom and bud out. Your oh, that's three months out. Green. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a uh, uh, Chris uh, Dahlberg is right. They're, the winds are relatively calm. Right now, the Army Corps of Engineers has a wind speed of one. Oh, we just got an update. Yeah, one knot. One knot. Ooh, one knot not... is equivalent to yeah. one mile an hour. Yeah. Now, let me ask you. I, kn- I know that you said you didn't really watch the uh, State I didn't of watch any. last night. Yep. Did you watch any of Sarah Sanders uh, given her rebuttal? I did not. Man, I'll tell you what, Kenny, that is one rising star in the Republican Party. Well, no, I she's... You, I watch it. She, well, she's she's the new governor. She's the newly elected governor of Arkansas. Yeah. And her dad was a governor there, too. Well, uh, what is it about her that impressed you or that made uh, an impression even? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I thought she was very straightforward in the way she responded. She... she um, she said that there's a big difference between Democrats and Republicans as a choice. It's like a choice between normal or crazy. She referred to the Democrats as crazy. I, I got to tell you, Brad, th- th- but there's some truth to that. Yes. I mean, there's some real radical leftist stuff coming from the left. Well, and I think that's what she was referring to. She said it, it, there's got to be, but she referred to the fact that there's got to be a, a new generation of Republican leadership. <clears throat> it can't be the same old thing. She said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a mom of three young children, and they taught me not to believe every story I hear. So forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from President Biden. Uh, from out-of-control inflation, violent crimes, to the dangerous border crisis, to the threats from China— Biden and the Democrats have failed you, Sanders said. She just straight out said he has failed you. It's time for a change. Tonight, let us reaffirm our commitment to a timeless American idea that government exists not to rule the people, but to serve the people. Huh? I mean, that was a pretty good punchline. Democrats want to rule us with more government control, and that's not who we are. Sanders noted that she and Biden didn't have a lot of uh, common things because she is for freedom and he's for government control. That was pretty straightforward. I liked a lot of what she said. Um, She said she went on to say she said in the radical left America, radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, children are taught to hate one another on account of their race and not to love one another or our great country. And she said, "This is these are the kind of things that are going on. Our schools have become systems of indoctrination instead of education. She described the Biden administration as completely hijacked by the radical left. Well, I, I wow. think she's spot on, Brad. I mean, we talked about it, what was it, yesterday, day before, that AP, that NORC 
uh, a poll that came out, 62% of Democrats said no to Biden in 2024. 73% overall, voters overall, 73% say the U.S. is going in the wrong direction. That's right. She went on a little bit uh, to talk about what she's doing in Arkansas. She said, I've set up programs to combat indoctrination and other democratic policies like critical race theory and shutdowns related to COVID-19 pandemics. Uh, She said, we're not buying into those anymore in Arkansas. Good. Um, Where she said, the Biden administration seems to be doubling down on crazy. President Biden inherited the fastest economic recovery on record. The most uh, secure border in history, cheap, abundant, homegrown energy, fast-rising wages, and uh, and then he uh, destroyed basically all of it in the first two years. She then ended up with saying, she said, despite Democrats' trillion dollars, trillions of dollars in reckless spending and mountains of debt, we now have the worst border crisis in American history. And she talked about how we got to have a secure border. If we don't have a secure border, we can't control the fentanyl that's coming into this uh, country that is polluting our children, killing uh, countless numbers of thousands of people. Uh, She said Biden's weakness on foreign policy, especially in China, shows so much, even with this balloon theory. Again, we don't have a border problem. We have a leadership problem at the border. Exactly. Brad, there's the sound bites that have surfaced, and we saw these fairly recently when this border issue was maybe at its apex. Obama, Clinton, talking about protecting our borders and having a secure nation. So this isn't yeah. a novel idea. And no. there was a survey that uh, recently came out and when talking about education and I was reading some of the talking points of, uh, of, of her that she was talking about and she said that we will educate not indoctrinate our kids and put there students on a path to success. That's another thing that she said and there was a survey recently in Wisconsin that found 60% it says almost, okay, almost 60% of students fear to speak openly in class. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Well, because they'll be looked down on. They don't know which of these teachers is uh, a lefty loony and and won't tolerate open discussion, won't tolerate freedom of speech. Uh, They're finding that in the classrooms. Uh, Some areas in this country, we are seeing exactly the opposite. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you, down here in Florida, this governor they've got down here, DeSantis, is hot on getting rid of uh, critical race theories, those kinds of indoctrination programs, and having total open discussions and debates. And um, he believes that's the way it's got to be. Anyway, listen, we've got to check our CBS News. Then we're going to come back with more here on uh, 610 KDAL Radio with Sound Off. Your Twin Ports home for Twins Baseball. In the corner. KDAL. KDAL time is 138, and we're looking at the Army Corps of Engineer, and we're at 36 degrees. So it's uh, dropped a little bit because why? Well, the wind. The wind kicked up a little bit. It's about four miles an hour out of the east northeast, <laughs> and just that little bit of wind dropped the uh, temperature. What was it? It was uh, 40 degrees. But nonetheless, Brad, the Twins baseball, and we got Twins baseball. Uh, it's going to be spring training, first game of the year, two weeks from Saturday. Saturday, yeah. February 25th, uh, Twins versus Tampa Bay. 
You know, we just heard uh, Zelensky is is over in Great Britain and he's, uh, you know, telling the British people that they're never going to surrender. They're going to win. They're going to beat Russia, blah, blah, blah. There are other sides to that coin, however. And I will tell you that this morning I found this story on MSN, uh, a, a guy by the name of Ramzan Kadyrov. He's the president of Chechnya. Uh, and the Chechnyan troops are fighting with alongside Moscow in the Ukraine. He reportedly has said that the war will end by the end of the year with Russian forces prevailing. Now, that could just be wishful thinking on his part, but here's what he said. Katerov has criticized Russia's commanders and aspects of the Kremlin's military campaign, but he said, but despite months of downbeat assessment from Russian military powers, he still suggests that Russia would win the war, which would end by the end of the year. He believes that the European countries will recognize the wrongness of their actions. In other words, he's telling them, uh, you know, the European countries, that you picked the wrong side on this. The West will kneel as usual. European states will have to cooperate in all areas with the, with the Russian Federation, he said. There will not be and must not be any other way, he added. Eh, it sounds like it's maybe wishful thinking. Anyway, Katerov also appeared to issue a threat to Poland over its support for Kiev in a post on his Telegram channels on Monday, he said that Warsaw had had de, had depleted its own military resources by giving them to the Ukraine and wrote that perhaps after the war, what if Russia begins to denazify and demilitarize the next country? And would that be Poland? Katarab wrote that the fight against Satanism should continue throughout Europe first of all on the territory of Poland. So that's some pretty big talk and uh, uh, on his point. Uh, but this is a guy who's fighting, whose troops are fighting alongside of the Russian troops. And, uh, of course, if you've been watching what's going on over there just in the last week or two, it appears like the Russians are uh, making some headway in fighting back in some of the areas that they had lost uh, control on. Well, listen, uh, we have, you know, I think there's nobody out there in our listening audience uh, that feels like uh, like China is not a threat to us. We all know that they are. And so I think a lot of us are worried a little bit about what are we doing to prepare ourselves in case the inevitability comes along where we find ourselves in a confrontation with China. We know that China has gone from one older aircraft carrier to I think they now have three and they have some other ones that they're building. Well, we've not stopped either. And in fact, I'm looking at a story that came off the wire services this morning that uh, after years of delays, the aircraft carrier USS Gerald R. Ford is ready for action. After years of setbacks, multiple delays, and some cost overruns, the United States Navy's newest and largest aircraft carrier provided that good things come to those that wait. Now, the USS Ford, USS Gerald Ford, uh, the number on it, the Navy guys know what this means. All Navy vessels have a number, and theirs is CVN-78. CVN-78, lead 
uh, lead vessel in a new class of uh, 10 planned flat tops. 10. We are planning on building 10 flat tops. I don't know if we can find the crews to man that, but nonetheless, uh, the first in-class aircraft carrier, the USS Gerald R. Ford, uh, is out on maneuvers right now. The CBN-78 set sail from Norfolk, Virginia on October 4th. And uh, during her maiden deployment, traveled more than 9,275 nautical miles, uh, operated with eight allies and partners, including Canada, Denmark, Spain, France, Germany, Netherlands, and Sweden. Uh, While deployed last year, uh, they participated in Exercise Silent Wolverine, where the carrier demonstrated high-end naval warfare and integrated NATO uh, systems and maritime approaches to Europe. The Exercise Silent Wolverines was also an opportunity for the USS Gerald R. Ford's crew to train and test the carrier's capabilities while demonstrating that the USS commitment to allies and partners uh, is seamless. We sailed uh, with our allies and partners, trained together tirelessly day and night, and we are strongest for it. Now, they said that during this uh, period of time, during this training facility, we completed more than 1,250 sorties, in other words, aircraft takeoffs and landings, expanded 78.3 tons of ordnance, dropped bombs and shot off rockets and missiles, and completed 13 underway replenishments. Now, they talked a little bit about the uh, the size and ability of this aircraft carrier at the largest warship ever constructed in terms of displacement of water. USS Gerald R. Ford is an impressive vessel that will serve as a symbol of power and protection throughout the world for decades to come. Now, because of the uh, the newness of it, they they have less crews uh, that they need on it. In other words, it's more mobile. It's more automated. It's the largest size since the Nimitz-class carrier uh, USS Gerald R. Ford can operate with a smaller crew thanks to a greater emphasis on automation. Uh, the warship will also see a reduction in maintenance requirements as well as crew workload reductions. Uh, this will allow for an improved quality of life for the crew, including better berthing compartments, larger gyms, and workout facilities, and even more ergonomic workspaces on the ship itself. So they uh, they, they said that on the ship, uh, the flat top, uh, they have upwards of 90 of the United States' most advanced aircrafts, including the F-35C Lightning Joint Strike Fighter, the FA-18EF Super Hornet, E-2D Advanced Hawkeye, the EA-18G Growler Electronic uh, Attack Aircraft, and the MH-60S Helicopter, as well as unmanned air and combat vessels that they can uh, launch off the vessel as well. They can recover and launch various and combat vehicles, uh, short takeoffs, vertical landing uh, sorties, including the F-35B Lightning. So this is uh, quite an operation, a big-time vehicle, and uh, it's out already functioning, and they've worked all the kinks out of it, and it's now been put into uh, class action work. They have their own uh, fleet that goes with it. Uh, their design, the designs on the flight deck, they say, are so much different. Relocated, smaller 
um, there are three to four deck changes, deck change elevators, while deck extensions have increased and the aircraft parking areas have increased as well. Uh, In its maiden deployment, it was shorter than most. It proved that this is a fighting ship that is ready and ready to go into action. So that's uh, good news on our latest front. And the fact that they have, uh, the government has evidently committed to 10 additional aircraft carriers to be produced. And we'll be right back after the Minnesota news break. A diverse energy mix provides reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today, and it's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of electricity generated from the U.S. grid and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, the right energy, right now. For more information, go to propane.com. KDAL time is 155. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, Brad, sunny skies right now, uh, 40 degrees at the National Weather Service. We've got 42 in Superior, 40 in Eveleth, and my goodness, a very nice day, and uh, I'm going to enjoy it later on with the dog and uh, maybe take him for well, a nice walk. you have to. You have to yeah. get out and take a nice little walk with uh, Rebel. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Northlanders, we, we are receiving reports now, or I should say uh, press releases from our congressional delegates, both in Minnesota and in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, uh, uh, Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin, who's been on our show numerous times, sent a press release out this morning, uh, said tonight, meaning last night, uh, President Biden said he ran to fundamentally change things, and he has done so for the worse. The disastrous results of this of his governance describes the actual state of our union, a more divided nation, 40-year high inflation, open border with a flood of illegal immigrants and deadly drugs, high energy prices, rising crime, record debt, and growing threat from global adversaries. Our nation is, in fact, in peril. And then from our own congressman, uh, 8th District Congressman Pete Stauber, who was going to be on our show tomorrow at 1235, um, he said this, With Joe Biden, it's more important to watch his actions than to listen to his words. When Joe Biden took office, inflation was 1.4% and gas prices were averaging $2.39. Today, Inflation is 6.5% and gas prices are averaging $3.45. This is not a a cause for celebration. His far-left agenda has led to inflation that's crushing American families, a wide-open southern border, and a crime crisis debilitating our major cities. Our House Republican majority has a commitment to America, and we will hold this administration accountable while proposing our solution to restoring a strong economy, returning safety to our communities, and securing our supply chain. And we'll hear more from uh, Congressman Pete Stauber tomorrow when he's on our show. So lots of things happening, uh, lots of responses to everything. Um, but all in all, it uh, seemed like more of a political uh, uh, presentation last night than anything else. But, you know, uh, that's the way these State of the Unions usually are. And I think uh, Nancy Pelosi changed the State of the Union forever when she was seen standing behind President Donald Trump tearing up the script for his speech. Uh, I think that changed the way parties look 
at how they respond to presidents. And uh, I don't think anybody should should wonder or be upset last night when Republicans booed the president when he said they were uh, some of someone the Republican Party were looking to do away with Social Security and Medicare. That's not the truth at all. They were looking for some some minor changes, not to people currently on Social Security, but to those in the future, because people are living longer and the the money fund that's out there that funds Social Security and Medicare is quickly being depreciated. So anyway, tomorrow when we come back, uh, we'll know a lot more about uh, what the responses are from people. Uh, and we're going to continue to watch uh, the comings and goings on the balloon, uh, the, the weather balloon, as China says. But uh, our military said there's no doubt about it that it was a spy balloon. And uh, so we'll bring you up to date on all that stuff when we come back tomorrow right here on uh, 610 KDAL Radio with sound off every day from 11 to 2 o'clock. So have a great day. Get out like Kenny's going to. Enjoy the beautiful weather, and we'll see you tomorrow.